Jesus, I've forgotten how to do this. Welcome to the Alcoholic Ominous Podcast, living sober after hitting bottom. My name is Simon, I'm an alcoholic. Welcome, etc. And you would not believe where I've been. In the small time that I've been away, Boris Johnson is our Prime Minister. Brexit is actually happening. You racist bastards voted for it. The whole world has got this Chinese virus and we're all going to fucking die. Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, is the king of boxing. I got hired, I got fired and I got shit on. I'm also in love, which is nice. And I am sorry that I haven't paid any attention to this podcast. I've just been enjoying myself. Now it's time to put sobriety first again. I'm okay with putting sobriety first. I've always been comfortable with that. It's just everything else. And I've got resentment again. You bastards. I'm back for a bit. I've been toying with the idea of relaunching this podcast for months. I've tried to pass it over to somebody else. But I did nothing about it. I've been telling everyone that I'm doing one more episode, but I did nothing about it. So, eventually, I did this stupid season two teaser the other day, and I honestly didn't know if I was going to do another podcast or not. I was just interested to see if anyone would listen to the stupid teaser. And people listened. I've got this app that tells me exactly how many people listened. And then I felt guilty for neglecting the podcast and the whole reason why I started doing it, which still isn't clear. So I'm doing it today, now, because I'm an egotistical and self-centred individual and I'm feeling guilty. And the right thing for me to do now is to do the podcast now. So let's make a start now. Cue music. Now. Meaning at the present time or moment, not in the past or the future, immediately. It's used in statements and questions to introduce or give emphasis to what you are saying. Now, where did I put the biscuits? Now, put the kettle on. What we drinking? Yorkshire tea. Not Tetley. Not now, Malcolm. Apocalypse Now is a 1979 American epic war film directed, produced and co-written by Francis Ford Coppola. It stars Marlon Brando, Robert Duvall and Martin Sheen. The film follows a river journey from South Vietnam into Cambodia, undertaken by Captain Benjamin L. Willard, who is on a secret mission to assassinate Colonel Kurtz renegade army special forces officer accused of murder and who is presumed insane. It was nominated for eight Academy Awards including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor. It ranked number 14 in Sight and Sound's Greatest Films poll. Now this is a good film kids. Look Who's Talking Now is a 1993 American romantic comedy film. 
third and final instalment in the film series that began with Look Who's Talking in 1989. It stars John Travolta and Kirstie Alley as James and Molly. A young crossbreed puppy is up for sale and we can hear him talking. Unlike the previous films, the children no longer have voiceovers for their inner thoughts since they are now old enough to talk for themselves. Danny DeVito and Diane Keaton portray the dogs and their thoughts. On review aggregator website Rotten Tomatoes, with 25 reviews, the film has a rare approval rating of 0%, meaning no favourable reviews whatsoever. It's just dog shit. Look who's talking now, it's just irrelevant now. I follow a programme of recovery in which men and women have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I carry a book written by early pioneers who created a roadmap to lead other sufferers out of alcoholism. My name is Simon. I'm an alcoholic. The podcast is back. I am back for good. I've been away. I've been busy. I fell in love. I got egotistical again. I got guilty again. I got fucked over again. And the podcast is back and I have cleverly called this podcast what's happened now hi friends welcome along to the alcoholic ominous podcast it's alcoholism for idiots we try to keep things simple and we don't take ourselves so damn seriously there's no platinum members area the website was rubbish we didn't get a new host or even a co-host we just failed And the question is, what's happened now? Truth is, I lost my job. I ended up working for another Claire. And now I've got time on my hands. I'm a bit deflated and I'm in need of a lift. I'm in love though. I'm in a serious relationship. I got engaged. Did you know that? Was that even mentioned in episode 35? It just seems like a long time ago. Let's call this season two. And I'll do my usual thing of saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. How can I put things right? I'm sober. And that's a good start. And it's time to get back into the book. We were looking at Two Wives. It's chapter eight in your big book. Where's my big book? And it really does seem like ages ago. Bill W had trouble writing this one. He had to adopt a fictitious female persona. Now, some of our female audience members will be good at adopting fictitious female personas. I'm not. I'm a bloke. I'm in my mid-40s. I'm hairy. I watch football and the boxing. I eat red meat and listen to talk sports. And I drink Yorkshire tea with biscuits from around the world. I'm going to have trouble adopting a female persona. But this big book was supposed to be material helpful to alcoholics in recovery. And let's face it, we all know the shit that Bill W put his lovely wife Lois through. Some poor sod took his own life in their house. Jesus. Lois went through all sorts of shit. And I like her, damn it. When Love Is Not Enough, the Lois Wilson story was released in 2010. It's got Winona Ryder in it, in it. And I love Winona Ryder. She's like Juliette Lewis and God knows I love her. 
but she's going to slash my face up. You'd probably take Winona as the safe bet, but she'd probably rob you. Anyway, Bill W. wrote Two Wives for the same reasons he wrote the big book as a whole. To publicise the programme of Alcoholics Anonymous. He was trying to save lives. And it's Bill writing this. It's Motley Crue doing Barry Manilow. It's Snoop doing Diana Ross. It doesn't fit, does it? Although I did see Snoop doing Ellen, and that looked quite good. I just don't know. But the point is, we can take ourselves out of ourselves and help others. And the partners of Alcoholics are given a chapter. It's chapter 8, Two Wives. And alcoholics like me skipped reading Two Wives. I am not a wife. I'm a great cook and I'm good with the kids. And I obviously got cute buns, believe. But I am not a wife. But these days we're supposed to look at Two Wives as an instruction manual for presumed non-alcoholic partners to launch their alcoholic other halves into an AA meeting. And you know me. I'm not sexist or racist or anything. This could be about asexual, bisexual, gay, heterosexual, omnisexual, pansexual, questioning or transgender. I'm not bothered. If you love people, that's just fine with me. This book was written years ago. But it can still be relevant. Women in the United States had only the right to vote for 19 years when it was published. So you need to look at it with modern eyes. And with Bill's fictitious female persona in mind. And read not to wives, but to our loved ones. Hallelujah. Let's have a quick look in the book. Okay, shut up you heterosexuals at the back. Everyone is gay these days. I'm gay, apart from fancying the men part. I like Manilo and Sinatra. Put those Viennese creams away. These elegant buttery biscuits might look extra impressive. And you can dip those biscuits in chocolate or Yorkshire tea. But you never get enough of them. And we want quantity. Couldn't give a shit about quality. Two Wives, Chapter 8. Now someone, a friend, just sent me an email. And said that Two Wives was all about... Marie B a hundred years ago she also mentioned that I'm a dick thank you so I've had to do some research on this and if I had a first edition AA big book on page 378 I would have read a personal story from Marie B called An Alcoholic's Wife and I would have read this at the end of her personal story Since giving my husband's problem to God, I have found peace and happiness. I know that when I try to take care of the problems of my husband, I am a stumbling block as my husband has to take his problems to God, as I do. 
My husband and I now talk over our problems and trust in a divine power. We have now started to live. When we live with God, we want for nothing. And there is an indication in the archives that Marie B may have written the first draft of Two Wives, which Bill then edited. But Dr. Bob and Lois W both say that Bill W wrote it, so I don't know. I wanted some more detail on Marie B, so I went to the experts. I went to the Nirvana of recovery podcasts, the best in the business. I went to SoberPod, Steve, Carl and Ellen. Ellen is my favourite. And they told me this, nothing, absolutely nothing. But I'm still getting an email from someone telling me that Marie B was instrumental and I'm a dick. So, Marie B, an enigma, a mystery, a riddle. And then I thought about it. I'm actually reading Two Wives. What we know about Marie B is that Marie worried constantly about her husband's drinking. Went to work to pay the bills, covered his bad checks and took care of their home and their son. And Marie B said, and I'm quoting, I have the misfortune, or should I say the good fortune, of being an alcoholic's wife. I say misfortune because of the worry and grief that goes with drinking. And good fortune because we found a new way of living. And nobody talks about Marie B. We talk about Dr. Bob, Bill W, Lois W, but maybe Marie B was involved. And I've decided I like Marie B. I have absolutely no idea who she is, but I'm thinking Juliette Lewis without the penknife, and that suits me just fine. In episode 35, we talked about four categories of alcoholic that you may be with. And between pages 110 and 114, the book offers useful advice. And at the bottom of page 114, the book says, If your husband is a drinker, you probably worry over what other people are thinking, and you hate to meet your friends. You draw more and more into yourself, and you think everyone is talking about conditions at your home. You avoid the subject of drinking even with your own parents. You do not know what to tell the children. When your husband is bad, you become a trembling recluse, wishing the telephone had never been invented. We find that most of this embarrassment is unnecessary. While you need not discuss your husband at length, you can quietly let your friends know the nature of his illness. But you must be on guard not to embarrass or harm your husband. When you have carefully explained to such people that he is a sick person, you will have created a new atmosphere. Barriers which have sprung up between you and your friends will disappear with the growth of sympathetic understanding. You will no longer be self-conscious or feel that you must apologise as though your husband were a weak character. He may be anything but that. Your new courage, good nature and lack of self-consciousness will do wonders for you socially. We're supposed to talk about mental health. In 1939, 
the big book is saying what we're saying now talk about mental health and it gets easier and sometimes that is why I love this book it's right it was right before anyone else was right being open to mental health can break down any stigma surrounding it it's one alcoholic talking to another it's one wife or partner talking to another and the stigma goes and you begin to look at recovery and in Marie B's words we have now started to live class dismissed apart from you agnostics who I need to have some words with at playtime My week in sobriety. So, what's happened now? I'm out of work again. And I worked for this talentless, horrible, ugly bitch of a woman. For an organisation that I actually loved and respected. I was popular and my work was respected. Apart from this one woman. And honestly, she hated me from day one and never talked to me. I delivered remarkable work, but she was never going to be impressed. She was always going to be a bitch. I know because I tried. She didn't want a working relationship. She just wanted to pick holes for seven months. And even though those holes were insignificant and irrelevant... That's what she did. I think she felt threatened by my popularity. I think she felt inadequate. I think she genuinely felt that I was a threat to her job. And honestly, if you want to manage someone out these days, you can. You can pick holes in anything. And if you keep doing it, it comes down to me or her. I really didn't want her job. I just wanted to get along and keep working. She was just an animal. I've got a million resentments about this useless, horrible person. And she is a very sick person. But I've got to move on. I won't miss the horrible silences, the one-to-one meetings, the bad breath, the ugly face and the misery that she brought to those around her. But I miss the job. And the money and the feeling that I was working for a good cause. The truth is I was never working for her. And she did everything to manage me out. And I'm praying for her. It's people, places and things again. The stuff you can't change. It's another resentment that I'll need to let go of. Ugly Nicola. And it's difficult because it affects everything. My relationship, my kids, my finances, my future, my sanity, my sobriety. In truth, I should have seen this coming from the start, but I didn't. I got comfortable again. I hoped she was going to change at some point, but she was never going to. I procrastinated again, hoping that she would disappear, and she didn't. She was always going to be a bitch, and she was. And much as I'd love that organisation, 
its work and its people, she was always going to be problematic. And as much as I delivered, I always knew that she would be a problem and I should have planned. And I didn't plan. I never do. The world is full of sick individuals. And when alarm bells ring, you need a plan B. My plan B was to hope that it would be okay. And now I'm stuck through not having a plan B when I really needed a plan B. In all other aspects of my life, I'm doing okay. I'm in love. I'm in a serious relationship. The kids are happy. My kids are happy. Her kids are happy. The kids are happy hanging out together. They're friends now, and that's nice. But I don't plan. And it's really hit me this time. And I should have known better. So, guess who's top of my resentment stack this week? You guessed it. Ugly Nicola. Battleaxe. Bint. Frump. Hag. Mutton. Bag. Witch. Evil Bitch. Experiences as a practicing alcoholic. It was always easy for me as an alcoholic to handle situations like this. Drink was the solution. Drink and feel better. And it works sometimes. It can work for an evening. You can get some sleep and forget about your troubles. How many times have you heard someone say that they want to drown their sorrows or drink until they forget? It's a common conception that alcohol will help us forget our woes. A liquid lobotomy. And the safety valve in my alcoholic head remains strangely quiet when I have drunk. And drowning my sorrows is responsible for some of the most pitiful acts in my life and in human history and any decision made after the 10th drink is at best suspect even if it seems like such a great idea at the time the mobile phone the cellular phone it is the worst invention since alcohol for the alcoholic because it's easy to forget our woes the safety valve doesn't work and we say something inappropriate In my experience as a practicing alcoholic with a mobile device in my hands, I have sworn undying love to someone I didn't love, made my parents cry, started fights, told people exactly what I thought of them, caused pain, hurt and suffering to those that I care about most. And how many times did I put a post-it note on my phone which said, do not use tonight. And in a state of drunkenness, I use the phone. I've caused so much trouble with my phone. Practicing alcoholics should not be given phones. Practicing alcoholics should not be given mobile phones unless we got sober and can phone a friend, a friend in recovery. 
The phone is both a beautiful and an ugly thing. It depends how we use it and where we're at and who we contact. At this moment in time, I hate my phone. I want to destroy ugly Nicola. I want to burn this witch at the stake and encourage young children to throw rocks at her. And it could all start with my Apple iPhone. I could start the revolution, start the witch hunt, start the new world and the start of the beginning. But I can't and I won't anymore. I'm walking away. That was good, that was drama. Resentment. Ugly Nicola. The kids want to throw rocks at you. No bloke ever wanted to be with you. If anyone saw your dating profile, they'd say... Uh, evil bitch that put me through months of intended hell. Useless bitch that put me through all sorts of unnecessary misery. Smelly bitch that really had all sorts of personal hygiene issues. This one's for you, with your ridiculous shoes and your fashion sense right out of East Germany in the 70s. Thank you for relaunching my stupid little podcast. I'm back. Fuck you, ugly Nicola. Even though nobody actually would. Because you're ugly Nicola. suffering with alcoholism pick up the phone find a meeting tell the first person you see you don't know what the fuck you're doing and I wish to remind you that whatever I have said during this podcast represents my own individual opinion as of today and up to this moment I do not speak for AA and you are free to agree or disagree as you see fit In fact, it is suggested that you pay no attention to anything that is not in the big book. And if you don't have a big book, it's time you bought one. Read it, study it, live with it, loan it, scatter it and learn from it. I like SoberPod Podcast. I like 12steponline.com. That's 12step-online.com. I like xaspeakers.org. That's xa-speakers.org. And SoberDoesn'tSuck.com That's SoberDoesn'tSuck.com And I'm back. Season 2 might not be as good as Season 1. Season 2 might disappoint you. Season 2 had to start somewhere. And today, it started with resentment. And a frog princess called Ugly Nicola. 
and I'm not sure which handsome prince is kissing this frog, but you never know. You never really know, do you? Where's my end tune? Ah, there it is. Podcast that I have searched for with the name Nicola in the title. Emotions and eating with Nicola Beer. Welcome. So happy to have you here. This is not a diet, weight loss and fitness podcast, although thousands have been inspired to change their lives massively. This is also not an eating disorder podcast, as that term is offensive. It's Celebrate Your Life Positive Emotional Health Podcast that focuses on supporting people to release negative emotions and experiences from their life and body to feel good and free. Nicola Beer. Save Your Marriage, the Relationship Podcast with Nicola Beer. Visit www.nicolabeer.com for free ebooks, meditations, and to fix marriage problems and heal after an affair, as well as anxiety, marriage, and self esteem audio podcasts. Or get the free ebook to fix your marriage today. Okay, now that's my Nicola Beer again. Tell you what, she seems a lot nicer than the Nicola I know. The Little Peace of Mind podcast by Nicola Bird. There's a completely different way to approach anxiety, panic attacks and stress that simply dissolves them at their very foundation. No techniques, no strategies, no tools. Simply listen and find a little peace of mind. That's the Little Peace of Mind podcast with Nicola Bird. Live more with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. How the fuck is he in my Nicola search? The Good Life Well Lived podcast with Nicola Semple. In the Good Life Well Lived, your host Nicola Semple guides you through inspiring stories and real world examples of people living their own version of a good life well lived. Nicola shares proven processes and techniques to help you identify what you want to get out of life, take into action to get it, and embrace and enjoy the perfect imperfection of a good life well lived. Nicola Semple. Follow your bliss with Nicola Fisher. A series of interviews exploring how change takes us on an unexpected series of interviews exploring how change takes us on unexpected journeys and leads us to discover our essence and purpose. I hope you don't have the same essence as Nicola. Nicola. Hey, let's be careful out there. Alcoholic Omnibus. <laughs>